Hey, Bev. Hey, Sam and Brad. Hey. Oh, hey. 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 Maybe this is going to work this time, right? I, it sure <laughs> feels like it. It sure does. Everybody sounds nice and clear. Yes. And I, I think I think third time is going to be a charm. Gosh, I, agree. I hope so. I agree. <laughs> so we are finally recording with Brad from Coop Dreams and Coop Camp and Coops for Troops. Um, we've kind of alluded to the fact that this has been something we've been working on. So I'm very excited that today is finally the day and hopefully everybody's internet connection behaves themselves. Yeah, I, <laughs> hey, I will take full responsibility for this having to be the third time on this. Our farm internet is dicey at best. Oh, I think everybody that lives on a farm can totally commiserate with that. And, and it has some good points too. I mean, it does allow you to, you know, disconnect sometimes because you just have no choice. That's true. That's very, very true. So what are you drinking over there, Sam? Oh, I just took a sip of it. And it tastes like college and regret. (laughs) (laughs) Is it uh, Natty Light? No. Brad, do you have a guess? (laughs) I would say Bush Light then. No, you guys are both way off. Um, I was just opening my fridge (laughs) to find something, anything that I've never drank on the podcast before. And lo and behold, there's a fruit punch for Loco. (gasps) Oh my goodness. (laughs) And it tastes awful. (laughs) I had no chance of guessing that. I've never heard of it. Uh, You know, I forgot that you would have drank in like fruit coolers, you know, during college. Because I was always a beer person. <laughs> well, Four Loco, I think, has, like, legitimately killed some people. Um, so this is, like, the new version, but it still says 12% alcohol by volume on it. So it's like I'm drinking wine out of a huge Ooh, can. But it does not Ooh. taste very good, so it's going to be a sipper. <laughs> <laughs> sipper. <laughs> but what are you drinking, Bev? Hopefully something more delicious. So it is something more delicious. I can't remember if I've had this on the podcast before, um, but one of my friends went to Homestead Beer Company the other day, and she brought me over a mixed six-pack of their beer. So I'm drinking a White Elephant Pilsner. Um, and we love Homestead uh, Beer Company because, you know, they're Homestead and they brew beer. So here we go. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> So what are you drinking, Brad? I'm jealous. I'm jealous? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm at work, so I'm drinking a stupid smart water. Oh. I know. Well, that actually sounds way better than what I'm drinking right now, so <laughs> maybe I'm jealous. <laughs> I mean, so does smart water actually make you smarter? I don't think so, because I think probably in my life I've had three dozen of these and I think I'm going the other way oh but I like the little goldfish on it it's pretty adorable there's a goldfish there used to be on smart water let me look oh inside yeah yeah that's on the inside of the label oh I never noticed that that's pretty cool new every day I know see I'm so smart you guys (laughs) That is. You just opened a whole new world for me. Yeah. Well, I do what I can. You know, I aim to please. So. So this, like we said, is the third time we've tried this. And we've 
um, uploaded some of the previous content to Patreon for you guys to check out. But I still want Brad to start off with how he got started with the whole idea of Coop Dreams and Coops for Troops and kind of your origin story. Sure, sure. Yeah, the the origin actually goes way back to 1999. I had the really um, unique opportunity <clears throat> to serve as a spokesperson for Keep America Beautiful, which is a, a charity and an organization I was passionate about before that opportunity came along. And in that role, I had to go through all this media training that was just so difficult. Um, and the talking points that I, I had were about sustainability, reducing your carbon footprint, um, being better for the environment, recycling. Um, and so when, you, when you're talking for months on end about those impactful environmental elements, it becomes really difficult to live in a way that's counter to that. So from that experience in 1999, I, I've wanted to become, uh, wanted to start moving off the grid, reducing, you know, reducing the emissions and reducing carbon footprint, um, you know, doing better as far as our reduce, reuse, recycle uh, efforts. And um, one of the things that, that certainly was a dominant thought was, you know, would like to start a homestead and grow our own food. Um, you know, they, the, the long-term goal, I hate to say it because it, I'm an introvert by nature. And uh, the, the long-term goal is to put together a homestead where I never have to leave. Everything is there and, and we can just uh, kind of live off the grid and live in a peaceful, peaceful way. And so one of the things when you're looking at the homestead was uh, chickens. That's one of the first things that um, I felt was a, an easy entry point into starting a homestead because I, I don't have a green thumb. Um, bigger livestock felt like more of a challenge uh, and, and certainly financially to, to get into barns and uh, major fencing. And so as I started exploring and reading books and going on blogs and going on websites, um, I was really disheartened or disillusioned. I don't even, I don't know if that's a word. Um, oh yeah, those are totally words. Okay. <laughs> I was I was gonna say if they aren't, they are now. So. Yeah. you <laughs> now made them are, up. There's an official record of those words being used. Yes, but I got I got really you know uh, disappointed that everything I looked at showed a perfectly manicured yard and coop and and I was like that's not that's not us. That's not it doesn't speak to us. And I started wondering can I actually do this? Is this going to cost more? Is it going to take more time? Do I need to have all of these bells and whistles? And do I need to have a, a perfect flower garden next to my, my chicken coop? And so start, we started thinking about, well, there's got to be more people like us that want to do it, but, you know, can't commit to, you know, a perfect chicken run. And so we, th we thought, well, let's, let's see if we can't put some videos together that might help others that are thinking about going down this same road that we are and show a, a house that's in disarray, a yard <laughs> that looks terrible and see if, uh, if there are some people that can connect with that. And then we got real fortunate that five years ago, discovery, uh, saw some merit in it and gave us a platform to put the show out there. And the, the growth of it has, by far exceeded our expectations and just really overwhelms me every day. 
That's so cool. So one of the things that I've learned since we started kind of doing this podcast and doing the homesteading thing and sharing things on Instagram is my fear was always, well, someone else has already like talked about chickens or goats or flowers or anything else that I'm going to happen to do around here. But someone once told me that like everybody's voice just helps add to the conversation and people will, what's the word I'm looking for? Like connect with (laughs) people on a different level, even if somebody is, you know, already doing something like that. But it's neat that you got to get in like on the ground floor on it and start it because you're right. Like everybody was so better homes and garden. Well, I think it's a great point because, you know, you take a look at your podcast and I've listened to a bunch of them and you guys have a really unique, you know, kind of relaxed, comfortable way of delivering information and stories that help other chicken keepers. And, you know, just like Coop Dreams, we're not going to connect with everybody. We're not going to, we're not going to be answers and information for everybody, but for a certain set of the population, we're a pretty good connection, a pretty good place for them to come learn and have some fun as are you guys. And so uh, there's that old saying, I don't know if it's old, it's old to me, but it's um, a rising tide. I think it floats all ships or does something that is good for ships. A rising tide raises all boats. That's it. And so, you know, each of us in our own little ways are adding to this conversation, like you say, and in, in helping, you know, new people to backyard chicken keepers, those with some experience, those with some greater experience, you know, have a have a platform to connect and learn more and, and, and help grow and improve their flock. Yeah. And connect with other people that do what they do also. Because like you mentioned, you're an introvert. And I I think both Sam and I are both introverts. I know I am. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sam's the introvert with the theater degree, though. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, there's a difference between between introvert introvert and, you know, being shy. There's a difference. (laughs) And that's true. Good point. (laughs) And and there's no better podcast for introverts than three introverts in three different cities on this podcast at this time. Exactly. All alone in our rooms. (laughs) Sorry, extroverts. We don't always cater to you, but That's right. That's you're right. invited to the party. Just don't come to our houses. Yeah, <laughs> but it's fun to create a place where where people can have like a community together and get to know each other. And I feel like like Coop Dreams has really done that, mm-hmm. especially with like your Coop Camp that you have going on. I, it, yeah, and it has. And I tell you, it's it's frightening um, at times. You know, I think when we first put it out there, you know, we're not television people, I'm a soccer coach. And so when you put this out there, and I don't know, especially being an introvert, but for me, you know, opening ourselves up in this world that we, you know, we're just learning about chickens, and we're, we don't know anything about television. And this show is going out there. And, you know, there was not, it's not fear, but there was a we're going to be rejected by the chicken keeping community because mm. we're learning. We don't know anything when we started this show. We're just really learning and it's on television. So all of our mistakes will be visible to everybody and we are just going to get blasted. And I can't explain how enjoyable the Coop Dreams community on Facebook has been. When we've made mistakes, they have been there and they have said, we've done that too. Don't, you know, don't beat yourself up over it. Here's what we did to, to fix it. Here's how we moved on. It has been such a cooperative and collaborative um, and really beneficial group that I'm 
it over it really does overwhelm me almost every day with some comment or some post which is really neat and you know that's always been my philosophy too is just to put all my mistakes out there because like i've learned from other people's mistakes so i always think to myself like I mean, somebody is going to say something mean or rude to me. I just have to get over that because there's somebody out there that this mistake is going to speak to and it's going to help them. Yeah. So and, it's okay. And, and <laughs> we're big believers in that. In fact, when we first started looking at this, instead of just some um, little web videos and, and looking at the television side of things, we stood firm on it's going to be unscripted reality. We're going to not go in there with scripts. We're not going to hair pull. We're not going to call people names. There's going to be no, you know, huge fight at the end of each episode. We're going to film the good. We're going to film the bad. We're going to film the successes, going to film the mistakes, and then put the episodes together on the back end. And if you want scripted drama, we're not I can't act and I have no desire. I'm 54 years old. I have no desire to, and I have no hair. I can't get into a hair pulling contest. Well, and I think, I think there's something to be said too, with having a level of vulnerability in front of your, it feels weird to call them an audience, but in front of your audience, um, because if they know that you're being vulnerable and being real, they're more likely to react the same way and have empathy if they hmm. have that within them. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're showing a different side of that and not pretending like it's better homes and gardens 24 seven. And there's, there's a time and a place for better homes and gardens and right. all the gorgeous Instagrams with hundreds of thousands of followers. I'm not knocking that. I wish I had the time and energy and patience to make my mm -hmm. house look like that, but I don't. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I think that's a, that's a great point on the empathy and, and, you know, I don't mean to, when I, when I talk about our house being in disarray and our yard being in disarray, that's not by choice. We would like to live in a good house with a good yard, but life just gets away from you sometimes. You know, we got two kids in college and then we got the farm and, you know, planting flowers out front is a little bit further down on the to-do list. Right. Yeah. I, I totally planted flowers out front this year, but you should see the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I did not follow through on the weeding. <laughs> I can relate. I was going to say, I, I have a hundred tulip bulbs that are waiting for me to plant them uh, before the ground freezes. I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> Do they go bad? Like if you save those for the spring or for next year, would that work or not? If I stored them properly, I think that they might. Gotcha. So I'll have to start looking into that. But somebody told me that even if there's snow on the ground, as long as you can work the ground, the tulips can go in. Oh, so gotcha. that's what I'm going for. Because when there's snow on the ground, I'm not going to have anything else to do. I just have to, you know, put on my jacket and my gloves and, you know, brave the weather. Right, right. <laughs> well, good luck. That's 100. That's 100 holes you got to dig, right? Uh, no, right. Well, I think I might just trench them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. dig a trench and then drop them every there you go. <laughs> See, I'm learning about gardening and stuff like that, too. That that would have been a thought that wouldn't have crossed my mind. But that seems like a much easier way to do it. Less holes to dig, yeah. that's for sure. So what do you think is your favorite part of having a, your very own TV show? Um, hmm. I don't think I've ever been asked that. I, I might need to think on that. If, Ooh, throwing curveballs yeah. on a Friday. <laughs> you know, I, I, I tell you, it, and I'm, it'll be my first answer to it. So I can't say that it would be, if I really had time to sit back and think about it, it would be the one that I would say would be the coolest part about it. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing that has been so impactful for me is the opportunity to learn. 
you know, when we go on and we'll do a, a, a field trip, we did a field trip um, a few months ago in Lubbock, Texas, where we're there for a couple of days learning about organic feed and the whole milling process and how to get organically certified. And, you know, you're there for a couple of days making a 30 minute episode. So there's 20 hours of information that I've been able to absorb and hopefully could, you know, remember <laughs> 20% of it. Right. Um, but the, the opportunity to learn and, and, you know, pick brains and sit down with some really impressive people in all aspects of homesteading and, and learn from them um, and, and take away things that I can bring back to our place have been, or share also on, on our Facebook page or, or in some of our other platforms, that's that's probably been one of the coolest things. Yeah, I, I could totally see that being one of the neatest things. Um, Sam and I always feel like when we talk to people, we get we get to talk to people on this podcast now. We've only done a handful of interviews because we're still pretty new. But I feel like every new person we've talked to, we've gotten to, to take something from them, which Absolutely. is is really special. Mm-hmm. It's something that you don't get to do unless you, you know, build this, this thing where you're, you're hosting and trying to show other people, you know, what's going on and what you're doing and what you're working on. And yeah, hundred percent agree. And I, th- you know, the, the part about it too is, you know, not being trained in this platform. You know, I, I hate to go into any of these um, opportunities really not having done my homework. So, you know, prior to going out to Lubbock or we've got a, we've got a a trip out to Seattle coming up prior to doing that, I'm doing so much um, work on trying to understand the, you know, whatever it is that we're speaking about so that I can go in with some kind of knowledge and, and ask some questions that, that I need to know for my homestead and that maybe some of our viewers or followers need to know for their place. Um, I don't, I don't want to roll in there and miss that opportunity to, to grab the, the information and, and some of the life experiences that, that these individuals have had. Oh, absolutely. I think that's that's really shows how much you have invested into your, you know, your businesses and the way that you even just, I think it says a lot when a person takes the initiative to do their own research before they go do something or ask questions. Um, I've said that before on this podcast, and I say it in a way where I don't want to be like, don't ever ask me questions unless you didn't Google it first. But I think it says a lot about somebody if they show that initiative and then come with curiosity and really, really good questions. Well, I, I'm glad you think that because I, it, when you guys first reached out, I Googled we drink and we farm and went on every <laughs> one of your social media <laughs> before I replied to anything. And, Stalker. And really, no, I, and I fell in love with what you guys do. It's such Aww. a cool thing. And so it was like, yeah, I'm so excited to be a part of it. Well, I did the same. I was like, I need to find this and I need to record it on my DVR and I need to watch some of this so I can understand what he's about because it's not, I don't want to not do any research. Yeah. So I have some still recorded that I need to check out, but I, I give it an A plus. It's entertaining. I think I watched one where it was, there were goats and they introduced a buck and they're just trying to, you guys were trying to get them to breed. Hey, that, yes, that's actually happening tomorrow too. Oh, we are rebreeding. Ooh. And so we've got a guest buck. His name is Fluffy and he is all <laughs> white. So we're going to have this all white buck visiting for a month and, and going to be, I mean, it just the magic of goat 
breeding and kidding and the baby goats is just so incredible. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We have, um, we have a buck here and his name is little toot. His, his actual Uh, name is Loki, but I started calling him little toot when I got him when he was a week old and then he was really cute. And the breeder came over to disbud him and she's like, oh, look how proper his form is. If you ever want to breed him, let me know. So I was like, oh, maybe I won't, you know, turn him into a weather. Mm-hmm. But I did not prepare myself for the level of stink. Oh, my goodness. It is unreal. He's still so cute. And he's my little toot. But good Lord. <laughs> that smell is just next level. It's, it's, you know, the thing about it, too, is if you, if they even, for okay, so for those that have never had a buck, they pee on their beard in a way to attract does. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yep. So they so they have sexy. this unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> they it, the, if you are even brushing up against the buck before you have to go to work, you got to completely change clothes and shower because you oh, yeah. carry it uh-huh. for the rest of the day. I swear, I have never even touched him sometimes. I've been on the other side of the fence, but I've been really close to him, and it just, like, sinks into my clothing. He is just... Ugh. Yeah, stings the nostrils. <laughs> yes, it does, but yes, he's very cute, so... They are adorable. I, I had no idea that goats were such awesome animals until a couple years ago. They're gems. The cuteness level makes up for some of the grossness. And I'm excited because we think that we're going to have some baby goats in February, March. Oh, how awesome. We'll get to experience that whole adventure. Mm -hmm. I'm just a little behind you. I can't breed my goats until they're, or I'm waiting to breed my goats until they're over a year. Some people do start breeding them a little early, but I've, I've read that for their health, it's best to wait at least a year. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, so end of January will be the first one. What kind of goats do you guys have? Nigerian dwarf goats. I have the same. Same here. Yep. Same here. So we all have the same goats. Oh, same goats. We like to drink and farm. Look at us. Three peas in a pod. Look at that. (laughs) Three peas in a podcast. (laughs) Oh. Spin off. Um, so I, I guess since I asked what your, your favorite part of the coolest part was, what do you think is the most challenging part? Of your having your own TV show, I, probably the in in really it's it's tough to say because I I also enjoy it because um, we're learning right along with our viewers and our followers and and it's pretty cool to be a part of all of us sharing information together, mm-hmm. um, but it does become tough sometimes that every problem I make is exposed. Um, I, I don't want to hide them, yeah. but, and, and certainly if there's anybody that can learn from, you know, a, a predator taking our chicken or, you know, so, somebody, something happening where we get a sick chicken and uh, it was because, you know, we made a mistake doing something. It's the amount of guilt that I feel just that the, the animal is suffering or the animal is struggling is, is tough and then mm-hmm. you know being an introvert sometimes i just like to have that misery to myself yes. um but and but again i you know i'll tip my hat to the the coop dreams audience is that the the kindness that they have shown me and my family in you know some of our darkest moments in this show has just as it just i i would have never expected it and i'm just blown away every time it happens 
it's anytime something happens to one of our animals, um, the the genuineness and the sincerity in the posts, and it's you know, the the, the sadness from some of our followers is is heartwarming. That that in those grief stricken sad moments that we do have this community that understands and we can share it with yeah i i've experienced that a bit on instagram too and it kind of restores your faith in humanity 100 percent, 100 percent. which i had lost multiple times over the last decade oh yeah yeah that's totally yeah and, you know, Brad, I didn't get a chance to tell you this, but so I've actually been a follower of Coop Dreams for a long time. I didn't realize that it was a TV show for some reason. I don't know how I had missed that until we talked to you more recently. Um, but I actually learned something from something that happened to one of your goats um, when you had a goat die of tetanus. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I was originally not going to vaccinate any of my goats. But then after I read your story, I learned how to vaccinate and I vaccinated all of my goats myself. That makes me happy. Hmm. I mean, that was that was Wyatt Earp. And it was the tough. I mean, it was so difficult to watch him go through this. And it was just such a the, the way that tetanus affected him. It was just this this slow erosion into his passing. And I you know, immediately we vaccinated the rest of them. Um, and so I, I don't know philosophically where I stand on vaccinations. I don't think I've pulled it apart in my head yet, but I don't want to go through that again. And am right. grateful that, you know, it, it helps people. And, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it has helped your herd and hopefully it helps your herd and, and keeps you guys safe from things. But that is a, that is a, a benefit of the, the tough parts is that, you know, Sometimes we can prevent somebody from stepping in the same hole we just did. Yeah, totally. And, you know, um, like because we don't want to upset anybody depending on, you know, whether they vaccinate their goats or don't. But the reason why I decided to after hearing your guys' story was I just thought that prevention would be the key for me since I didn't know anything about goats. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't have known what the symptoms were. Or how to treat it, and you know, there's not a lot of vets that that take care of farm right. animals. Well, I'll tell you, we we even took we took it to um, three different vets when it when you noticed something was wrong. <clears throat> excuse me, and the first two vets didn't pick it up, and so oh, wow. yeah. even even a trained you know somebody that's had goats for a while may miss it, and and so and again, I'm not I I am the last person to tell anybody how to do things on their homestead. I'm not going to sit here and preach about vaccination or, or non-vaccination. I think those are all personal choices that we each have to make with our level of, of tolerance and, and our understanding of, uh, of issues. But I, the, the, the part that um, I'm, I'm grateful with is, you know, you go through that and you, you've already lost a goat and then you're, you know, second guessing every decision that you've made. Um, and again, you know, the, our, our followers were compassionate and not judgmental on the fact that we didn't vaccinate um, and, and were supportive. And so it was a it was a great learning opportunity because I, I think had this decision and this tragedy been met with a lot of um, judgment and scorn. I think the word scorn that I want to use, I don't know. But if, if it would have been met differently, I think it would have made it even more difficult to get through that moment. Right. No, that makes sense. 
So let's lighten the mood up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Sorry to drive your podcast into into this dark place. You know what? We we tend to do that anyways. Holy cow. It was me that drove it because I really wanted to tell you that. And I was like, maybe the podcast isn't the place to do it. No, and actually, like, Bev, I, that really, it does make me happy because if we're going to go through something that tough and it and it it helps somebody else, great. Yeah. Well, and so something else I'll mention, um, and Sam and I have mentioned this on the podcast before too, um, but there is a goat antitoxin. So if you don't vaccinate your goats um, and you can recognize the signs of tetanus, you can keep goat anti, uh, the goat antitoxin for tetanus in your refrigerator and you need one vial per goat and then you got it covered. So if you can recognize the symptoms of it and not vaccinate and you have that on hand, then it can all be taken care of. But all of that is stuff that you learn from right. watching, you know, Brad or hearing things from other people. Like I didn't just know all of that information. I, I got it all from from a number of different sources and watching other people's stories. So Well, hey, I just learned that from you right now. So that's oh. that's a Ooh. big benefit. Yeah. That returned the favor. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so I wanna know more about Coop Camp. So what is Coop Camp and what do you guys do at it? Well, so, you know, my training is as a soccer coach. And one of the one of the ways that um, I've been uh, taught and learned how to teach, you know, the, the kids that come to our camps is mm-hmm. is through that whole kind of forum of bringing in guest coaches and they run sessions. And so um, I thought it might be kind of cool since I know how to run a camp. It might be kind of cool if we bring in a whole bunch of different speakers instead of coaches and presenters and workshops and people that have an interest in learning about backyard chickens and want to engage in a community of like-minded people, you can come for a weekend and I think there's somewhere between 13 and 15 presentations on all different stuff, fun stuff, uh, medical stuff, feed stuff, um, egg stuff, all different things. And then on the breaks, there are also um, workshops where like this last year, we made our own um, lip balm from beeswax. We made our own lotion from uh, goat's milk. We learned from a a photographer how to take better pictures. You know, there's all these features on an iPhone on how to really do some pretty impressive stuff with the camera part of it. But the only thing I ever knew was point and press. And so, you know, the, the photographer gave us a lot of pretty cool instruction on, you know, how to jazz up some of your pictures and, and do some different things with it. And then we've just got, got cool speakers. So it's a, it's a great way to, to learn, um, great way to meet a whole bunch of new chicken friends. Uh, we had our fifth one this last year. We're getting ready to announce our sixth one pretty soon. So I'm pretty excited Woo-hoo. about it. Yeah, I know. Oh, we're so excited about it, too. <laughs> yeah, we need to have you guys there. Yes, please. <laughs> We're doing everything we can to make sure we can make it there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm thinking May. I'm th- right now, okay. I'm thinking May. So we've got a, a little bit of time. Good deal. Well, May is a good deal because, you know, if it's in the Midwest or northern United States, the yep. snow should be gone by then. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hopefully. We did, we've had uh, our first one was in Indianapolis. Our second one was in Virginia. Third was in... Oh, it was in Phoenix. Fourth was in Texas, and then the fifth was in um, Indianapolis again. And and so it, it it's tough to find a spot where we can connect with 
everybody because you know the 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 show has gone international right now and we've got people from different countries that want to come and you know we just can't find a location that's going to fit everybody domestically and everybody internationally and so i think we just need to to settle on one of these spots and roll with it and whoever can make and we're also looking at something that you know might kind of be in your wheelhouse is looking at having some of the sessions actually done online and so if you can't make it that you know we can film it and stream it and and people can still be a part of coop camp without physically being there that's super cool that would be amazing well, yeah, technology is not my gift, as you saw when my elbow was on the button that <laughs> muted everything. So, so that's a dream, but I don't know if it'll actually happen. You might happen. need an IT guy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's super cool. Well, I'm really excited for Coop Camp because I'm really excited about the social aspect of it. I live so far out in the country um, that I don't get to necessarily hang out with people much unless I'm like doing something at my kid's school or I'm hanging out with my family. So um, what I love about Coop Camp is that us that live somewhere that's far enough that we're not close to a lot of people, we can right. still go and, and socialize. So like my socialization will be totally full after Coop Camp and I will be totally exhausted <laughs> and wanting alone time. But yes. I'm really excited. Well, about you it. say that. <laughs> You say that, but here's here's an interesting thing I, I see on Facebook because, you know, the people that come to Coop Camp, we, we keep them fairly small. We want them between 50 and 70 people, so everybody gets to know one another. And, and we've actually been fortunate that I think there's been a half a dozen people that have come to every oh, one neat. of the Coop Camps. Oh, wow. But what's neat is when you're, when you're looking at our posts on Facebook and we recognize a name because, you know, I, I see it and it's somebody I met at one of the Coop Camps. And then you see them post something and the, the comments and the posts, you recognize the names of other Coop Campers. And so even though they're spread out all over the country, they've got this connection and this bond that has come from the camp where... You know, just like we did as kids in the summertime, you know, they connect once a year in whatever city we're in and come to Coop Camp. That is so cool. It is. It's been fun. It's been fun. So something else that we need to ask you about uh, before we run out of time is Coop for Troops. Um, so not only do you have a TV show, Coop Dreams, and you run and organize the Coop Camp, but you also do a lot of good in the community with Coop for Troops. It is a, um, you know, one, I, I don't ever forget how blessed we are to, you know, to have opportunities like we have, um, not just with the show, but the homestead, the whole, the, you know, if there was no show with it, the opportunity to, to have a homestead and to live this way is, is pretty cool. And the, the first season, we were on a field trip down in Austin, Texas, and the people we were visiting um, took us to a nursing home and the nursing home had a chicken coop there and they actually utilized the chickens as therapy animals for their residents and the impact on both the chickens and the residents was so impactful that we walked out of there thinking oh my goodness there's something really special and you know this when you've got animals that there is a special connection with them but we walked out of there going there's something really really special about chickens in this capacity and we you know we didn't think about chickens as therapy animals you know you think that traditionally you're thinking of dogs and and right other yeah. animals 
And so we started doing some research and everything that you pull up, and there's some things, um, I think it's called Hen. Oh, I forget the name for heaven's sakes. Um, it's in England and it's a group in England and they've got a, a really cool Facebook page and they utilize chickens as therapy animals. And the more we Googled and the more we looked at it, you start seeing um, studies that have shown chickens are good for people with depression, good for people with loneliness, loss of self-worth, that they return self-worth. And then the, the buzzword that kind of tipped it for us was chickens have been shown to be um, positively impactful for people suffering with PTSD. And that immediately moves your mind to the military. And so we're thinking about all of these individuals who have served and sacrificed and, and maybe struggling with some of the impact of conflict, that getting chickens a coop and supplies could be a good way to help them um, with the loneliness, depression, loss of self-worth. And not just for those that serve, but for the military family, you know, the, the, the kids who are stressed because a parent is in harm's way and, and is deployed, that this can be a, a, a connection that they can have and a way to distract them a little bit until the, the parent comes home. And so we thought, hey, we've, we're starting to get all these relationships with all these great people in the chicken keeping community. Maybe we can put together these packages where we can give a gift to a veteran and military family. And we were just going to do it as a segment in one episode of Coop Dreams. And the response to it was so great that it has actually spun off into its own show. And we've got 11 episodes of 11 different um, veterans and military families that we've presented a Coop Chicken Supplies to. Um, we actually have one next week. Um, down in Kentucky, where our next veteran, um, our, the next person that uh, was nominated and selected is, and just really grateful to be able to present on behalf of, of um, all these great companies and, and the people that uh, buy some of the stuff on our shop now button, 100% of the proceeds go to continue to allow us to give these gifts. So we're just so grateful that we have the ability to, to be that vehicle that can say thank you and, and, and offer some comfort and some relief to those that are struggling. I love hearing about it and, and how it started. Yeah, we, I had never thought of chickens as therapy animals either um, until I joined Instagram. I'm a little behind on the social media thing and like the technology. Um, but once I got on Instagram, I recognized and started reading things from people about how their chickens made them feel. And I always just thought of them as like, you know, kind of egg layers right. that were a little sassy. But <laughs> like when you go out there and really spend some time in your coop and get to know them, like they really are. They're like a calming force in the barnyard. It, it's incredible. I, I would have never guessed it either. If we had not visited that nursing home, um, even though after a a long stressful day I can go sit out there and feel calmer by just watching them scratch and peck I would have never connected all of the therapeutic benefits of, of raising chickens wouldn't it wouldn't have crossed my mind I even find like just the act of doing chores and having something to take care of other than myself and obviously my husband and my stepchildren Having something that makes you get out of bed and go do chores because they're dependent on you right 
And they're just so damn funny to watch. <laughs> like, the, they really are. even when the the egg count is low, like yeah. the comedic relief is enough for me to keep feeding them. It, it, it really is. <laughs> I, yesterday I did a Facebook live in the morning because we're reintegrating um, a, a rooster that got picked on back into the chicken yard. Pokey Jr. And, I've been watching yep, those. <laughs> Pokey Jr. We're, we're trying to get him back into the chicken yard. And we opened the coops in the morning and there was snow on the ground and there wasn't snow when they went to bed and nobody <laughs> wanted to come out. And there was a couple of them that came out, stood on the front step and just had that look that said, Oh hell no. And went right <laughs> back in. It was super awesome to watch. It was therapeutic watching that on my, on my computer screen. And I could have gone and just experienced that myself in my backyard. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, tonight we're playing Chicken Poop Bingo tonight. So if you're Ooh. free tonight, you can jump on. we got a Facebook Live where we're giving out some pretty cool prizes and, and having some fun. And uh, Jessica from First Saturday Lime is going to be there because I talked to her on the phone yesterday. She <laughs> is awesome. I so love that story behind that company. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I think we talked about it in one of the, the phone conversations early on. It's just how there's so many good people between, you know, First Saturday Lime, you guys, Henny and Rue, and how, mm-hmm. you know, eventually we all just keep finding each other. Oh, yeah. And Grubblies, too. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, Grubblies is going to be the treat that hopefully motivates the athletes in the chicken poop. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And in fact, um, for the listeners and Brad, if you haven't heard it either, we interviewed Jessica from First Saturday Lime. It was our very first interview ever. Um, And the episode is called Drink and Lime. And it's absolutely hilarious and you learn something (laughs) and yeah I mean I don't know how to describe this episode it was it 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 was like I don't know it was amazing (laughs) it was it was to the point where we almost had to cut some of it because it was just so ridiculous by the end we did have to cut some of it (laughs) but it was so informative on the front end and then it just got weird which made my heart so happy yeah it was it was like the epitome of what this podcast is (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, I, I am right now um, pulling up your website because I am going to listen to that on the way home. Oh, good. <laughs> and that might give us some additional talking points for our chicken poop bingo tonight. Oh, awesome. I have to see if I can join in on it. Of course, I'm going out tonight. I actually got a sitter and get to go do something. So. <laughs> well, it'll, we'll post it. So if oh, you're good. not there live, you'll be able to I'll get to rewatch to it. it. Awesome. <laughs> so... Um, Brad, before we wrap up, we have to ask you if you have any like funny or weird farm stories that you can share with everybody. Yeah, I t- I, you know, because you both are in this, that there's you could laugh every day. You could cry every day. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's Sometimes just... I'm laughing and crying so, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, there's so many so many little I think probably the thing that stands out, maybe it was because um Throughout my life, pain and embarrassment have been my best teachers. We added bees this last year, and really cool. They're fascinating. And kind of like everything else, you get a little bit desensitized when nothing happens. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I'll go with the tractor, and I'll cut right in front of the hive. Nothing. They, they're flying all around. They're buzzing all around. They don't bother me at all. Nothing happens. I'll go in, I'll open the hive up and and look around. I'm not bothering them. They're not bothering me. No problem. So I got a little bit careless and needed to, as they make honey, you need to put more frames in and, and, and add other chambers on for them. And so 
I had my B coach on the phone. He was going on speakerphone. He was going to talk me through it. And since I hadn't been yet stung and we're two to three months into it, I'm thinking, hey, the bees and I, we're cool. We're everybody. <laughs> we all get along. And so I, I don't like spending money. So I got a really cheap bee suit. I have really long arms, so it didn't go all the way down to where my hands were. And anytime I would reach, it would go up to my elbow. The sleeve would go up to my elbow. So there's this big exposed area. And I wasn't overly concerned because nothing had ever happened. And he had told me, you need to get these other kind of bee gloves. And I'm like, ah, forget it. I'll just get normal gloves. And so I <laughs> had normal gloves on and this bee suit that didn't fit and went in. And you can hear the tone in the bees change and you can hear it on the video it just goes in this it's funny to watch now because it's just kind of this <laughs> slow hum until this point where even if you had never experienced a bee before you would know they're not happy uh -oh. and as it started to, and I'm, I'm saying to my coach on the phone, I'm like, hey, should I close it up now? Something's about to go. He's like, y you can't. You, you open it. You got you to gotta finish this and then close it. And so the first one stung on my wrist. And then as I'm, I'm reaching for things, I, again, I have the wrong gloves on. They're starting to fly in my gloves, <gasps> inside the gloves. Now they're stinging my hands and my arms. And every time I'm getting stung, I'm, you know, you got this knee jerk reaction where you have this reflex yeah. where your arm goes and then another one stings and then it was a hot summer day so the the veil was sticking to my face and so they were stinging my face through the veil and oh my God. I think it was about 24 stings that I took before I could get everything finished and and closed up and I had so much bee toxin in me that for the, and I was so swollen. My, my arms were just, it, oh. it looked grotesque. I could not get off the couch the next two days because of oh, no. this. And I'm, I'm taking Benadryl. I'm doing whatever I can to try to get my face and my arms down to a normal size. And at, I, I honestly thought I was going to die. Oh, oh my God. And, but now I look back on it and it's, it's funny because... <laughs> I, I almost I will died, never but it's hilarious. Yeah, I'll <laughs> never make that mistake again. So lesson learned, do not cheap out on beekeeping gear. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yes. Learn Noted. from that. I will have learned two things from Brad now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Brad. Oh, I had an awesome time. I had yeah, an awesome time. So fun, and I'm so glad our internet behaved for almost a whole Yay. hour. Yay! <laughs> I yeah. know, me too. Yay! Yeah, we all know who's to blame there, but I appreciate you guys sharing in that, oh, that responsibility. <laughs> We're so new at this; like, we we never automatically assume that when things go wrong, it's somebody else's fault. We always assume it's ours. <laughs> That's a, that's a good place to be. I think we have a lot of that, too. And it might just be, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you guys weren't trained in podcasts. Nope. No. We're, we're not trained in TV. You learn as you go. So I think sometimes you're you're actually more receptive to ideas and mistakes. And sometimes you take, like, for the Internet, you took the blame when it was probably my Internet. But I think that's a good thing. I think it keeps you grounded. I, I know you disagree, but you're kind of a big deal, so we were happy to put up with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I 
strongly disagree. <laughs> strongly disagree. That just makes it more fun for me to say it. Then. It does. <laughs> Great. We're already going to start picking at each other. Good. I'll get yes. you. At, I'll get you back at Coop Camp. There we go. <laughs> well, maybe we'll even have you back on when um, the official time is announced and it's closer, so we can get people excited. Oh, for maybe sure. Watching virtually, if that's if that does become an option this year. We'll have links um, to everything, uh, Coop Dreams, Coop Camp, Coop for Troops, um, oh, and everything you. else that we discussed in the show notes so that everybody can find it um, if they haven't found it yet. Um, and we'll also have links to the Facebook so that you can join in on, is it Friday Introverts Club that you always do? Friday Night's Introverts Club. Okay, yep. yeah. So Woo! every Friday, Brad does like, our, well, not every Friday, but every Friday that he can, he does an Introverts Club on Facebook. And it's like a Facebook Live. They play games. There's prizes and stuff. And it's tons of fun. So um, listeners won't get to join in on the one that has Jessica from First Saturday Lime on it because it's happening tonight, like while we're recording. Um, but you'll get to join in on the future ones. So. Well, thank yeah. you. I appreciate you guys sharing that. And Absolutely. and certainly when, when you know the date for this and you have that link, let us know so we can share as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us and being on. We really appreciate it. And um, thanks for listening, guys that listened. Uh, we always have a great time. Hey, I loved it. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.